Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is June 29th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast NXT. We've got a new North American champion. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa. Hell of a show tonight on the NXT. Very newsworthy. Mm-hmm. It was it's, it's interesting. You start doing the math. You start looking at the behind-the-scenes stories and everything people are talking about, and you get to that main event, and you're like, oh, well, this just makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, the way it went down, for sure. Like, yeah, that, just... I, I didn't think they were going to change the belt tonight. I didn't. They, they shocked me, and I love that. You guys know we all love Hit Row here, but I didn't think it was going to happen tonight. Yeah, yeah me neither. I thought, I mean, especially based on how they've been building, this is kind of more of a long-term thing. I thought this is just the kickoff. Uh, I didn't even know if they were going to have much of a match, but they did, and they changed the title, which, you know, tells me that, especially because they announced this on the body of the show. The way NXT does things, if they knew they were changing the title, they're giving this thing a build-up. But I, I, something tells me, and I don't know anything that anybody else doesn't, but that they were told, like, wrap this guy up. He's coming to the main roster. So yeah. they're just fast-tracking this title off of him because he just won that title. And he's a bigger guy, you know, the words out there that Vince is looking for bigger guys in terms of moving forward and what they're recruiting. So this makes all the sense in the world that he'd be going to the main roster and good for him. Couldn't even wait a week to do it at the Great American Bash. That's what yeah. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. And because Santos Escobar was so involved in this North American title feud, I thought it was going to show up, cause a DQ, and we were going to get a triple threat next week. Just because they're hyping up Great American Bash so much, I was like, I, I, I want Hit Road to have all of the belts, so I'm perfectly okay with this, but I just thought they were going to save it until next week. So I'm very, I'm happy that they went with this route, but I really, really was 100% sure we weren't going to get a, a clean finish on that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a little shocking to me, too. And I did have that flicker of a thought, like, oh, maybe they're trying to get the belt off him. But then I thought, oh, well, then they'll just do that next week. Like, maybe this will be yeah. the setup for that. But the fact that they just did it right now, yeah, it was very surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, on all a good show, so Great American Bash this year is just going to be one week next year. I mean, this almost felt like if there was two parts, tonight could have been part one next week. Sure. Part right, two. right. Agree, because tonight was a very fun episode. Yeah. yeah, and they're building, I mean, this is where I feel bad, because I feel like there is so much interest in next week, Great American Bash, like so many matches on there that people are looking forward to. Like, I almost want Swerve and Hit Row to have that moment of having it happen at the event. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the ratings are for tonight. Um, but I think Hit Row, man, has been uh, pitch perfect thus far in everything they've done with them. So, uh, yeah, I hope uh, this is exciting. This is a really exciting start to a new era. We're going to get into it, break down everything match by match, segment by segment. But first, Alfred, what do we got in the news? Well, first, let's start out with some good news. A congratulations to the happy couple. It appears that Beth, um, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins have gotten married officially. Oh Seth Rollins put on his Instagram stories. Seems like a fine day to finally get married. And uh, not too long after that, WWE uh, on WWE.com, they tweeted out on their feed that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are, in fact, officially married. As you guys know, they do have a child together that they had uh, last year. Uh, and uh, are you happy for the happy couple, Issa? 
Of course, they're two of my favorites. When those two got together, I was so happy. It's almost like a dream wrestling couple, right? Even though they didn't have a lot of chemistry in the storyline. But I am so excited for them. I know that, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on, they had to postpone the wedding because I believe he talked about it before and so has she. But listen, what a what a Becky Lynch working out before her wedding, like the like the man that she is, and I thought it was funny because a lot of fans were just like hyping up how good she looks, and I was like, guess what? She was getting ready to put on a, a bridal gown, not for a comeback. <laughs> she was getting ready to look good on her wedding day, which of course I still want her to come back. But congratulations to them. Yeah, I just wanted, by the way. Oh yeah, I just I just want to know what he wore for the wedding. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to get that suit. And it's not like a Vegas drive-thru. Maybe just went all out and did like a blue tuxedo or something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right? I don't know. Like, that looks like a tropical That looks like a tropical destination. I know they got yeah. engaged in Hawaii, so maybe they decided to oh, run yeah. back and go to Hawaii. Maybe you wore the exact same shirt as I did. Oh, maybe yeah, they got... They, they probably got married in workout gear and went and did a whole ass workout of the day afterwards. <laughs> CrossFit wedding? You know? Yes, a CrossFit wedding. Imagine like saying your vows as you're doing pull-ups. <laughs> Hammer, sledgehammering attire. You know, while you're, yeah. Do you accept this man? <laughs> I actually, why do I want to see that now? <laughs> oh, I want to see it for sure. We've got it. Somebody's got a bunch of CrossFit wedding. <laughs> this is why. How, how does WWE creative not, not go these places? This is the problem. They're hiring too many people that aren't fans, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Glenn. Which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, there's been such a spotlight shined on that lately, and like, I think actually more, more voices, more perspectives are great. Uh, But it's amazing to me. I mean, it's just it's Vince. They could hire the team from Game of Thrones, WandaVision, all the best show. Break. They could get Vince Gilligan for Breaking Bad. They would get in there, and Vince will break their spirit and turn their work into mediocrity within like a day. Yeah, we've seen it happen plenty of times. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, some more good news. This time for AEW. Uh, AEW uh, Saturday Night Dynamite's viewership came in 649,000. That is up 17.6%. Uh, mm-hmm. As you know, they were doing some horrible numbers throughout the month where they were not on Wednesday nights. But this is their best number since moving from Wednesday nights. They are returning to Wednesdays starting next week, so that'll be really good for them. Uh, but I do think it's going to, you know, by August maybe, because before they were doing eight, 900,000 regularly unopposed. Uh, but I do think, you know, it's going to take about a month before they probably return to those numbers. But what do you guys think about uh, a good number for a show that advertised a world championship main event? I thought it was I thought it was the best numbers that we're gonna do. It was a good time, it wasn't a good spot, nothing else was really going on at the moment. I always I always assumed the Saturday's numbers were going to be way better than a show at ten PM on a Friday. And mm. that world title match, I mean, they did a good job at hyping it up everywhere. But the show did feel like it was a one match show. Mm. Um, you know, like the rest of the show was a lot of advertising for everything else going on and I get it because I know they're not doing their their usual numbers, but yeah, I'm not surprised. That was a much better spot. I wish they would have done all of their shows on Saturday. Now, do you think it's that they make these shows a little less essential uh, and must-see, and therefore it gets a little rating? Do you think that DVR is offsetting this, and they're just not getting the views live, but people are watching it later, or they figure out, oh, catch the clips? I mean, it's probably a mixture of the two, right? Definitely. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I know the DVR numbers are going to be bigger in terms of it not being on Wednesday traditionally. So, um, but you know, people are just used to watching it on Wednesday. So, it's on these different nights. You're absolutely not going to get the typical viewership that they do get. And this oh, is why. Yeah. No, go I'm ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And th- and this is you know it's funny because you think about the shared experience and what a big part social media is and live TV is with wrestling. Can you imagine if heaven forbid a promotion ever does start going? to like Netflix or Amazon or something where it's all on demand and you're not watching it live. They just release a new episode. Like it ruins the social experience completely. And I think that's part of it too. I mean, I, even uh, when I would miss a show and go back and catch it, it's like, I don't know. It's not as fun if you're not seeing the reactions on Twitter and the, the, the culture of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you, if you are just from like, 
present in social media and you see everything that happened, why watch it? There's a lot of times that I have deleted episodes, especially when they were both on on Wednesdays. I will watch one and delete the other because mm -hmm. just scrolling through social media, you saw the clips and you saw the main things that yeah. happened. So why watch? So I agree with you. Even the DVR numbers might not be that because people might have not watched the whole thing. But personally, yeah. if I would have watched it on DVR, I watched it live. If I would have watched it on DVR, I would have probably skipped to the um, Jungle Boy and Omega Man. Yeah. It's a 100%. very social social experience. But people are just used to their routines. Maybe they have something else they're doing on Saturdays to where that doesn't afford them to sit down and watch wrestling for two hours the way they would on a Wednesday night. So, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world. And it's, um, and I, th I think they have to understand that with the restrictions being lifted and people finally being fully vaccinated, people are just dying to get out on the weekends. That's, that's why true. I didn't see it being crazy over on Fridays after 10 p.m. or let alone on Saturdays because people are really, really just, just wanting to go out and enjoy the summer. Yeah. 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 What else we got? Uh, final story. <laughs> I want to get your guys' reaction to this. This is a fun story. Uh, WWE has trademarked Happy Corbin. As we saw last time, we saw Baron Corbin. He was despondent. He's no longer a king. He said, what's, what's the point? And he walked off. And now it looks like his next gimmick is going to be, and I'm not making this up, Happy Corbin, which has been trademarked by WWE. Issa, is Happy Corbin going to get over no. <laughs> Do you think they mean, I mean it like ironically? Sarcastically? Yeah. I don't think like, it's ironic. How how do you interview him? Uh, excuse me, Happy Corbin. Like like yeah. how do you do that? Like no, no, no he's can't. he's like a Larry David type character. Who's Maybe just like, he's uh, getting like an alter ego, and then there's like a happy version of him, and I don't know. I I thought. I just hope they don't do like okay because what Nikki Cross is doing is fine for her and for her character. She seems really into it and whatnot. I hope they don't just like make him into a complete cartoon character where he's like Mr. Happy Guy, like he's got a costume, he's got the whole outfit. Like hopefully if he's doing this Happy Corbin, he's still Baron Corbin, but he's just like happy about it or oh something like that. God. I don't know. I just had the vision of Darren Corbin in a superhero suit, and oh. now I need to see it. <laughs> the happy man. You can get it over, man. I don't know. I. I... I like Baron Corbin. I think he needs something new. And uh, that's the problem. They've just run all of his gimmicks too long. Yeah, but the thing with Corbin is that I feel like Corbin is a crowd kind of performer. And we're going yeah. back to the crowds. And he does a good job as being a heel, especially with the crowds. So it's like, are we really going to do this to him right now? Maybe you can just present him as Baron Corbin the asshole again you know i like he always got over like not over but he always got the crowds to boo him so it just feels weird that they will go in a happy character with him right now but maybe maybe the goal is also to get booed with it we'll see what it is but yeah yeah i don't want to assume as to what it is but i completely agree with you Issa, in that baron corbin is a very capable heel might be the best heel they have in terms of what a heel is supposed to do Nobody in WWE gets more grown adults upset at the TV than Baron Corbin. Don't let him tell you it's go away heat. Like this guy is good at being a bad guy. And like not a lot of people are good at doing that in terms of getting people to actually boo them as opposed to being cool heels who eventually get cheered. So, I mean, they've got something going in terms of the way he connects with people in terms of turning them off. And uh, I think uh, they might be screwing it up in terms of making him a happy Corbin. And I don't think there's any coming back from this if it's what I think it's going to be. I always go back to the segment of the very first SmackDown on Fox. Who did they trust to come out there to open the show with The Rock? It was Baron Corbin because they knew he was going to get that heat. And that, that was a big spot to put him on. It just goes to show you that they know he's good as a heel. So maybe this may... I, listen, I just don't have any faith in WWE creative anymore. So I don't want to say maybe it'll be something good. But I just see Corbin as a heel. I don't, I don't see him working out any other way. I love um, the Lone Wolf Baron Corbin. I don't know how I'm going to feel about Happy Corbin. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. Tell her Justin Lopez, 499, saying, I'm hoping that Happy Corbin is a relative of his, trying to cheer him up. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe, yeah, maybe they'll bring somebody up from NXT, and that'll be Happy Corbin as the relative. You know, maybe oh, one of the God. bigger guys in NXT that's going will be, to one be of That's going to be Bronson Reed's freaking gimmick. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Bronson Reed is going to be Happy Corbin. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Confirmed. <laughs> he will not wrestle one match. He's just going to be Happy Corbin. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, I want them to get, uh, uh, what's his name, Curtis Armstrong 
in character from uh, Better Off Dead and just show up and be like, cheer up, little buckaroo. You know, (laughs) giving him pep talks all the time. I think he needs a life coach. That'll get everything on the right track. Um, So tonight, NXT, oh, happy Corbin. This is going to, this could break the internet or at least wrestling Twitter. I'm curious to see what it is. I'm I'm cautiously curious, but I, I can't wait to see what they've got planned for happy Corbin. And they're going to they're going yeah. to do backstage, not backstage segments, but at home segment, and they're just gonna capture him as he's grilling meats because he seems to be very happy Loves when he's cooking. So maybe Happy Corbin is the at home husband who likes to cook meats. Like he's trying to come out with a cookbook and everything. Maybe that's Happy Corbin. I don't I don't need to see him on SmackDown though. <laughs> oh man. Well, and that's the thing too, because there's a draft coming up, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Because Happy Corbin sounds like a raw gimmick. That sounds. That's a good point. Yeah, for three hours when you got some time to kill, just have Happy Corbin backstage cheering everybody up. Please. Grilling meat, smoking cigars. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> and now I can see it. I yeah, it's <laughs> my prediction. It happens on Raw. Oh, also, uh, speaking of Raw, Raw did the fourth lowest, or it's low, second lowest non-holiday viewership this year. One point five seven million. It was not good. Not a good number at all. Um, so I'm a little sad about that one because I thought this was an enjoyable episode of Raw for Me once. Too. I, I, outside of the freaking ending and who won that match and how he won it. But outside of that, I thought Monday Night Raw was enjoyable for once. I'm not saying it was must-watch television. Do not come for me. I'm just saying I didn't hate it. <laughs> but that's the problem, though. When you drive your audience away, you know, I always use the example of, like, Law & Order, the original Law & Order like Dennis Farina was on it. Like they had a couple bad years. Then the last season or two, when it was Jeremy Sisto and Anthony Anderson, it's actually fantastic. Probably the best law and order been in forever, but the audience was already driven away. It doesn't matter if you're doing yeah. great work. If people are already just like, ah, I'm over it, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. Very good point. It's very mm-hmm. tough. That's been happening for years, by the way. Like they're, you know, raw this time. Remember that time they blamed everything on Baron Corbin of all the people that were talking about him. They were doing over 2 million a week. And now, I mean, they would kill for numbers like that on raw. And look at, you know, SNL being the, the great example with the professional wrestling. Look how SNL, how long it takes them to rebound. You know, it's like you have to hear about it for a while. Yeah. Like, and they have to get some big guest uh, hosts and whatnot. And it has to be like, oh, SNL is actually good again. You know, because when it gets on a cold streak, man, it's like people tune out. It's very, very tough. I also think people are just taking a break until the crowds are back. Once you see yeah. other shows and, and crowds back in other sports, it makes it very hard to tune into the Thunderdome. It does, especially now you're seeing baseball, basketball. Everybody has full audiences. It makes the Thunderdome experience very rough to watch. Oh, yeah, Happy Corbin is gonna, killing WWE right now. Happy Corbin is uh, Happy Corbin is going to put the butts in the seats. <laughs> Bring <laughs> them back. <sighs> I mean, you debut that at SummerSlam. Be great. Great times. Uh, on a much kinder note, tonight's NXT. Tonight's NXT was really freaking good. We start with the number one contenders, Triple Threat, Ember Moon, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Io Shirai, and Zoe Stark versus Dakota Kai, and the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, winner gets to face the way for the Women's Tag Team Champions next week at the Great American Bash. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark putting a, uh, pulling out a win. Not really a surprise, but Issa, what did you think of this match? Uh, it was so much fun. It started the show so hot. I was like, how are we nine minutes into the show and these women are already kind of like stealing the show? And it makes you wonder if this is how we're starting the show, Can like it's going to be crazy. Um, I, I love the chemistry between um, Raquel, Dakota, Chatsi, and Ember. You can tell they've been working together for a while, but I didn't feel like Io and Zoe have, have not been a team. They work together perfectly, and I love that they came off that way. Love seeing EO wrestling again on my TV. I'm excited for next week's match. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and this was the right way to start the show. Yeah, this is a very exciting match. I love the dive sequences they were doing. Those yeah. were really fun. And it just made me realize, especially watching them all sprawled out, that there were as many women in this match as there are on the entire SmackDown roster. So, like, they need to start calling these women up. And they're all very talented. So I thought this was good. I like the little tease that they did with Raquel Gonzalez taking the bullet for Dakota. And then Dakota loses. And you could just see the heartbreak in Raquel's face. So they're doing a good job continuing to plant the seeds of this story between Raquel and Dakota. It's good, although I'm sad. I think some of these women are getting called up, and uh, yes. I, I fear what is going to happen. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was my fear because I know that I have not been 
I've been very vocal about not liking EO in a tag team, but it's like, if you call her up, what would they do with her too? Maybe this gives her in NXT a little bit longer because I can see them winning mm-hmm. the tag titles next week. No, I think Shotzi and Ember are very likely to get called up. Okay. Yeah, I can absolutely see Shotzi. I don't know about Ember because she just kind of got called back down there to NXT. Kind of tells her that maybe they're just over her oh, on the main yeah. roster. I'd love if she went back to the main roster. I thought she was very good up there, but I could definitely see Shotzi. She's the type of kind of – she's a fully fleshed out character. She's got the tank. She seems like she should already be on the main roster in terms of how they can work. Do you think they're going to let her keep the tank, or do you think if she goes to Raw, they're going to be like, no tank? <laughs> I would be shocked. Why even go to Raw? If they, I think that's the one thing that will get her on Raw is in terms of if you're Vince McMahon scouting NXT – which one of these people can make me some money? Oh, look, that woman in the tank who stands out. We can make little tanks. We could have her come out to the tank. We could sell tanks. Like, I've dollar signs if I'm looking at Shotzi Blackheart. It's true. It's, it's like, like a, a version of, of Vince McMahon. So maybe he does take away the tank. No, she, but she I stands know, out so much. I hope they get her a better tank. Yeah. Oh, and you know he's already thinking. He's like, where's the tank we used with Rusev? Let's get that for SummerSlam. Well, that'd be great for sure. Right? I I actually think that my fear is they'd go completely the other way in that they would be obsessed with the tank and that, like, she'd have to start wrestling in the tank. And she'd have to start, like, you know, rolling around and doing clotheslines in the tank and they just get obsessed with it. Like, that's my fear. Where is that cinematic match? I want Daniel Bryan to come back and yell at her for like hurting like planet Earth, and then the tank becomes an electronic tank, like a Tesla style tank. Like I would love to see that story too. <laughs> got a supercharger on ringside. There you go. Yeah. How like our tanks? Or like it dies, the battery dies halfway through oh, the yeah. <laughs> Oh man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so this was a great match. Watch this match if you don't watch the show tonight. Um, after that, uh, we had Karrion Cross and Scarlett walking backstage when Johnny Gargano attacked Cross out of nowhere. Security broke it up. We'll talk about what happened there. Promo for the breakout tournament returning in two weeks. Yeah, this was plugged a lot throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd forgotten about this the last time they did this. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, me three. But I like that they talked up how like Bronson Reed and Isaiah Swerve Scott started there and now they're main eventing and one of them is a champion. That really actually made me interested in, okay, well, I'll check this out. This is actually something. I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, but it made the tournament seem important that actual guys come out of it. Yeah, hopefully we see some new faces. Yeah. Uh, then we had a promo Bronson Reed backstage asking about uh, talking about the tournament interrupted by Hit Row that set up the match tonight, man, but that's the like Bronson Reed's cool and I like his promos, but Hit Row's just on another level. Mm-hmm. Love him. The so, things they're good at, you can't really teach in terms of promo wise. It's just, right. it's, it, it, that's a great way to put it, Lynn, on another level. That's what I worry about him going to the main roster. You yeah. know, like it could go, this could go into like Otis territory really fast. I mean, that, he's the comparison, really. I mean, Bronson Reed is really kind of like a bigger version of Otis, and and he's just as kind of lovable, and when he talks, I think he comes off very well, and it seems very basic in terms of how to make this guy work, just like Otis. I think Otis, it was very easy. He's a lovable guy. I have him go out there and be silly, uh, but they screwed that up, too. So, yeah, I'm nervous for Bronson Reed going to the main roster. What happened to the Viking Raiders? Did they get released? No, no, they're the number one contender for the Raw Tag Team Championships. They just this is what I get not watching Raw. Yeah, they have a tag team title match at Money in the Bank. Wow. No one talks about the Viking Raiders anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're starting to make kind of a little bit of a comeback, but... Um... But I pay attention to Twitter on Monday nights when I'm not watching wrestling. And I'm like, why aren't people excited about what I'm watching? Why don't want people talk with me about Kevin Kniff himself or, or uh, This Is Pop on Netflix? It's like, no... No, everybody wants to talk about this, not about like, you know, the legacy of boys to men. People don't want to interact with me with my non-wrestling tweets on Monday, but I'm not seeing anything about the Viking Raiders. I'll talk to you about This Is Pop, Glenn, because that's an excellent series, especially the boys, to men, the boys to Men episode is the best episode. Actually, I have to say this. I have always had zero interest in country music. That episode like yeah. made me interested in country music. Yeah. And I will say this. People out there, if you think wrestling keeps kayfabe, like country is the biggest lie in all of entertainment. That was a comparison going to my, when they were talking about how the country music industry is and how they like certain things kept out and stuff and they're very protective. That's what was going through my mind. There's a comparison with the WWE. And what was that Nico case said? It's like this idea that this is all the working man is just how you like big corporations lie to poor people and make, make, make them feel like they're being seen. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, uh, Issa, you need to watch the series on Netflix. It's I know, so I know. I started it and I got like 20 minutes in and I had to stop it. I need to go back to it because a lot of people have texted me like, you have to watch the it. Especially me being a boy band. I was a boy band, like, girl in high school growing up. So my friends are all like, we have to watch this. The first, like, five or six, there were like a couple that weren't as great. Like, the one about festivals was just kind of like, oh, well. Yeah, I didn't like that one. The Swedish one was good, too. The Swedish one was fantastic. The auto tune one was fantastic. The Britpop one, oh. the protest music, like, all of it was so, so you know smart. it's funny because i just saw the boys and men one that was the last one i saw so i think yeah. it's a recency bias now that you mentioned it the auto-tune one was my favorite i love that so one. so good so good that's Seriously. the one that got my friend to text me and be like you need to watch this series <laughs> i'll so be good on next week i'll be good no, on next week. I, I hope they make more of them so so good okay back to nxt uh but seriously watch this is pop on netflix um so after this uh carrying cross out there with scarlet calls out johnny gargano um I mean, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about this. So Austin Theory attacked from behind. So already Gargano's got to have, like, help <laughs> to go after the champ. I mean, I guess here's my question about this. And I had this, this exact same thought about Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. I think when you put these guys that are feuding with talent that doesn't seem on their level physically, promo-wise, any of that, I think it diminishes their standing. Because you're sitting there and it's like Gargano has to have assistance. Like the cross versus Balor is great. You put cross versus Pete Dunn. That's that's legit. But I just feel with Gargano, like we like him, but he's just not on Cross's level. Like this is bringing Cross down. Uh, the problem with this feud, I think, is that these both guys are aggressively healed. And yeah. even though the people were cheering for Johnny Gargano because he's familiar, he's been there forever, it's like the lesser of two evils. Like Johnny Gargano was playing the heel in the storyline and carrying cross by the end of this night seemed like the de facto baby face uh if everything is equal because he's attacking the guy from behind twice yeah, yeah the, where he jumped him like gargano is by no means trying to appease to that baby face reaction he got earlier in that night and that's what makes this awkward and i will say this though i loved carrying cross tonight i loved his intensity i loved how he was kind of like the monster who even when he got jumped at the beginning he's like <laughs> like i'm gonna come and get you and like he, he wasn't really selling it and like that's the type of monster that i wanted to book him as yeah, but he's out there with Samoa Joe keeping the peace. He should be going up against Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. Agreed. Agreed. I like his outfit too, Alfred, by the way. I thought this is the most fitting thing he's worn so far. Yeah, they're all black. Yeah, he looked like a badass. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Man, so is it true? Like, I, I, I don't know how much people are just working themselves into fan booking. Like, is Samoa <laughs> Joe going to wrestle again? Like, I see people trying to convince themselves of this, and I don't know if it's based on any truth. I don't blame those people if they're doing that. If, they, it's, if Samoa Joe does not wrestle again and people get disappointed, I think they have every right to. It is a little entitled, but WWE, you know, the way they present this, especially on NXT, where there is logic and thought that goes into things. Yeah. The way they're presenting this with Samoa Joe, they are doing a slow build to his return to the ring. Like, you shouldn't have all these stare downs, which is basically saying, yeah. wait until these two wrestle if he's not coming back to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Diamond Mine and promo before that was saw the battery charger teaser. It went from 60 to 61%. Ooh. They need to get a rapid charger. I'm not going to stop saying that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's um, – who's the guy that got hurt before everything? He was supposed to be with Pat McAfee that just – he got he got a, a, like a serious injury. It was like a neck injury, um, I believe it was. Uh, but the, the channel helped me out, but it just slipped my mind. But he was – it looked like they were going to give him a push. He's a bigger guy. If Vince doesn't get his hands on him this Thursday, I think it's going to be him. I, I, I saw a lot of people speculating that it's going to be Tegan Knox. Oh, oh. So I, I, I didn't come up with that. It was, I did a stream early, and my chat came up with that, and I was like, that's oh, a yeah. good guess. I didn't think about her. So Alonzo Smith got a first, Rich Holland. Oh, yeah. But Knox could be a good one, too. I forgot yeah. about uh, Diamond Mine tonight, Roderick Strong versus Asher Hale. Okay, we knew Rod Roddy was winning this, right? Um, but again, Malcolm Bivens, the mouthpiece out there, takes the mic just says diamond mines open for business this is just the beginning it's like why why are they like he should be getting to talk <laughs> as long as this match was he is so talented and so charming like why are they giving him such little to say 
Yeah, instead of this match could have been a promo. Yeah. I personally thought actions speak louder than words, so. True. I will say, here's what I like about the diamond mine in that like, it's it was weird at first, but I'm coming around to it in that like, this is a shooter gimmick where it's like an MMA gimmick, but they're not dressing like MMA fighters. He, he was doing submission wrestling, but he wasn't being an MMA wrestler. It's not like Roderick Strong was trying to be an MMA guy. This is just like a fight camp for wrestlers. And I, I think that should be more common, actually, in that like all these stables on AEW and NXT should be wearing matching tracksuits, uh, kind of like they have their camps that they train together. Like in UFC, how you have Black House, yeah. Hammer House, AKA, America's Top Team, where these fighters just all go and train together. And I think that'd be really cool. Like the Diamond Mine is onto something in terms of pro wrestlers who just kind of train together and it comes off as legit. So for SummerSlam weekend, Raj Giri needs to get us all matching velour tracksuits. Oh, yes. For wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I will say, though, that I felt Roderick Strong came off more aggressive. Like, the way that he wrestled looked more aggressive. He was doing different things, and, and it, was, it was good to see a different side of him, like, in the ring. Yeah, yeah. He worked a lot of submissions, so they were kind of playing to that. It's just, I feel like they need to rebrand him still. I mean, like, Undisputed Era doesn't seem so long ago. I think they need to be doing more to, like, talk about why the stable's different, give it its own unique personality and flavor a little more. I think they've got a good name, I think they've got a good lineup, but you got this great talker and you're not letting me do anything. You know? Yeah. Uh, Justin Lopez 499 uh, agreeing, saying, I expected more from this, too. I need more character development as to why they're together. Oh, and uh, AL Botch Bucks. Go ahead and hide that. Uh, they'll be back. Don't worry. We've got three minutes to come back. We'll be back. Ah <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so but see, oh, this is the other problem too. Is it was immediately followed by this. Cameron Grimes uh, gets an easy win over Ari Sterling, um, but then this uh, face-off with LA Knight, million-dollar title on the line next week. And if Cameron Grimes loses, he has to be LA Knight's personal butler. <laughs> Someone's been watching Seinfeld or in NXT Creative. Yeah. Oh, AEW did a butler thing also. Oh yeah, they did with Chuck Taylor. There you go. There you go. Do you guys uh, think he becomes a butler? Oh, yeah. You 100% need to do this. Yeah, I thought so as well. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to come on some great segments out of it, and I didn't think they would have made the speculation if they weren't planning on doing something with that. Um, LA and I just keep um, winning me over as a heel the more promos he cut. He came off like such a jerk. Like when he first denied him the match, I thought it was funny. Um but yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think Cameron Grimes as a butler will, will make for some fun backstage segments. <laughs> yeah, and that would also tell me that they're doing kind of a long chase for him to get that title. And when he eventually does, it'll be a big moment. It should be in front of fans. He should not win that at the Great American Bash with nobody there. Uh, and on top of that, when he becomes a butler, there's a lot of entertainment value in there. So this will continue to become entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good. But no, he should be his butler. He should accompany him to the ring and then turn on him at like a takeover. I mean, they could do a whole thing. This, oh, yeah. this is such a money storyline and that needs to happen when the fans are back set up. Oh, this is going to be Glenn. It's a money storyline. Ah! Money storyline. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think, I think he should offer to um, like shine the title as his butler and then just take off with it and hide. And then uh -huh. Ellie and I have to like find people to, <laughs> to go searching for him in the title. <laughs> Where's Cameron? Yeah. This is going to be good. They're like, they better milk this for all it's worth. Because, okay. uh, yeah, this is like, I, I actively want to see him lose that match. And I love Cameron Grimes, but I really want him to lose his match. Lose his you, match. you know what I want to see as a butler? He's got to wear the butler outfit and the, the, oh, yeah. the tuxedo and the, the bow tie, but no shirt under. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that too. <laughs> LA Knight used to have a little bell that he rings. Like, yeah. it's a whole thing. Oh, oh this will God. be good. It could be so good. This could be the best storyline in all of NXT. It already is. Yeah, Easily. it's true. It is. Um, okay, so Kyle O'Reilly out confronting Adam Cole. Adam Cole looks like a superstar. Kyle O'Reilly with that hair looks like the kind of child you don't trust with matches or fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something about that haircut and that, like, he looks like a kid out there. And Adam Cole's not this big towering presence. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. Like, I think this match is going to be good. I just, I, I feel like, um, I mean, what's the upside here? Like, Cole wins and yeah. goes on to bigger and better things, maybe the main roster. Kyle wins. I, I don't know what they do with him next, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he looked confident in the promo. I think when he got that win over Adam Cole in that unsanctioned match, he really grew his confidence. He just looks like, hey, I'm the shit now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I I don't know where we go from here, like you said. I thought Adam Cole coming out. The start of this segment was Samoa Joe, as he is in every yeah. segment he's involved. But I'm, I think they're going to put on a great match, and I'm looking forward to see them wrestle because the last match, as violent as it was, it was so unsanctioned and so many like gimmick things going on that I just want to see them wrestle. <laughs> but this is the problem. You can't have Samoa Joe out there if the audience is thinking, I'd rather see X wrestle Samoa mm-hmm. Joe. Like, but that's Samo- going to happen with everyone. Well, I mean, maybe. No, it is. It is. I uh, Every time I see Samoa Joe, I just scream provoke him. I don't care who he's, like, talking to. <laughs> I think with Grimes and L.A. Knight, I think Samoa Joe would fade into the background. Could be. If they had that shiny title, they might. <laughs> I will say this. It is a little awkward that Joe is in that role because, like, like everybody loves Samoa Joe, and, like, the first time he shows up, they're – going crazy for him. And, and to Issa's point, it's like, yeah, let's see this guy fight somebody. Hopefully somebody provokes him. But he always shows up with a bunch of security. And the reason he's out there is to stop them from fighting. Like, I'm not going to give you guys what you want in terms of all these guys fighting. You guys better not fight. He's kind of like the the hall monitor in some ways. So at one point you see him and you want to see him. But what he's out there to do is just to enforce the peace. Yeah. I mean, similar problem when Daniel Bryan was GM, right? When Daniel Bryan would get in a conflict with someone, you'd be like, man, it'd be really awesome if they could wrestle. Yeah. Right. Fill this right. in the ring. I don't know. But this is a good promo, so I'm sure it'll be a great match next week. I just uh, would like to see these guys. Uh... But someone you're walking away from a screaming Adam Cole was great television. Yeah. yeah. And they did tease that, too. That's another program that they kind of teased. They had Adam Cole say a line about how Samoa Joe even knows, and they had them stare down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had T and Shaw getting a win over Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez tonight. Oof. Oh um, my god, <laughs> terrifying! Yeah, mm-hmm. see Lee out there with uh Boa and Mei Yang. Um, this was a really, really good match. I mean, the finish was awful. I hope, I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. Yeah. I cannot help but to keep refreshing social media to see if she's okay. Uh, I was so excited for the pairing of Martinez and Jake Atlas. Like I thought they were going to be so much fun to watch. And the, and the match was fun. But that finish terrified me. Terrified me. I hope she's okay. The landing to the head kick looked brutal, but the way that she landed, mm-hmm. it was just, it was, it was rough to watch. Yeah, that's what told the head kick really did. And they kept showing replays of it. And it didn't really work like much, especially in real time. But when I saw her just drop like a brick on her face, it and then when she was pinned, like both of her shoulders were up. She was kind of like, I, I don't know if she was tensed up in shock or something, but uh, that was really ugly. And um, like uh, they had to immediately stop the match. And they didn't even have the camera on her after. So you knew something was wrong. I know. Like, uh, I know. Okay. Yeah. And she's such, and she's so tough that to see her in that kind of situation really scares you because she doesn't look like she would be somebody that's easy to to get hurt or to you know to be hurt. But right. yeah, I, I the, the that finish kind of like completely made me forget about the whole match because I, I couldn't stop thinking about her after and seeing if anybody had released any information. So uh, I'm seeing reports online that she <laughs> was taken for further evaluation. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hope she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be very interested uh, to see. I mean, so, yeah, so we're all convinced, like, this was this was legit. This was not the intended. Oh, yeah. You can kind of tell just by the way, especially when they called for the bell, they just, I mean, the way she was, like, laying down just looked very awkward in terms of, and the referee's still counting for whatever reason. I think she just didn't uh, know or was at the wrong angle. But the fact that they just kind of took the camera off them, they did the like two shot on like Zia, Zia Lee and, and Boa. And they also just rang the bell. There was no finish. There was no pinfall or submission or anything. They just did like a TKO finish and just kind of ended the match. Yeah. Well, hopefully she's better. And uh, I think this leaves it wide open for a rematch. Yeah. After this. Um, so uh, MSK out doing a face off with Champa and uh, Thatcher. Alfred, what'd you think of this uh, segment? This is interesting. It was, you know, the crowd reaction really kind of surprised me here because they were almost booing MSK at some points and they were really chanting for Champa to the point where it kind of threw off. Like MSK had to stop talking because they were chanting Champa's going to kill you. Like they were really into Champa and Thatcher and uh, which doesn't surprise me, but 
I thought it'd be a little more 50-50 even-handed, but this crowd seemed to be 1,000% Chump and Thatcher. It's almost like they were, it was like when they used to do those Canada shows in the Attitude Era, when they go to Canada oh, yeah. and like all the baby faces would get booed. This is what it felt like. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think that we're going to be 50-50 until Champa started cutting his promo because he mm. felt very old-school Champa, the daddy's home kind of Champa. I even got hyped up, and I can't remember the last time. I I, I love Champa. I love his ring. I love his heel turn. I love everything about him in the past, but it's been a little while that he just feels like the old guy that just hangs out and has good matches there, you know? And he's seeing that passion in him again when he cut that promo. It just You can't help but to get hyped up, and I can guarantee you that that's exactly what the crowd there said. We all like MSK. We have been liking MSK, but seeing that Champa back will hype anybody that's been watching NXT for a while up, you know? Yeah. But now I have a feeling they're going to win, and that's going to be another short reign for MSK because I really think that Champa and, and I forgot his name. That's right. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Not a good sign. What's funny about this segment is they were going back and forth. So they're like, let's go at the beginning. It was 50. Like, let's go Champa MSK. And then like uh, Champa brought up Thatcher and they're like, oh, Thatcher. That, like they forgot he was even there. <laughs> I know. I know. I know Champa is the center of attention between all four of them. And I feel bad for the other three guys. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it just happened to me. Like, uh, that was funny, though. Like, I completely lost it for a second. <laughs> I'm like, what's his name? <laughs> Chompa just got that presence. It's so easy for him to just seem dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he just pulls off that that uh, threatening atmosphere so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Saray uh, wants a match, like, uh, against someone like Tony Storm for next week. Rico's going to take it under consideration. Uh, the battery charge from 80% to 81. So there you go. You said they got a faster charger. It's getting there. Almost there. Come Almost on. There. They have, they have to do something about they that. Put it in low power mode. It charges faster. I, I hope you like, they probably plug it in and it says your iPhone doesn't recognize this accessory. Like it's one of those <laughs> chargers. <laughs> I hope they get to like 94 or something like that. And from then on, it's like another six weeks. Cause the next week is 95 and then 95. <laughs> No, and then it's like your your iOS must be updated. You know? <laughs> Just I mean, let's your really storage is full. Like we're gonna get all kinds yeah. of error messages. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and then we saw Gargano attack Cross um along with Theory in the parking lot. Joe helped Gargano up uh, and says maybe push him too far. I like the segment. I like the segment in that, okay, I, I started off hating it because I thought they were going to lay out Karrion Cross by just closing the door. Oh, like, yeah. But then he just completely no-sold and choked out Gargano. Yeah. And I was shocked um, because, like, I thought they were going to do this at the Great American Bash. And if this is how you're building up your number one contender the next week, that would be inexplicable. But I guess they're not having the NC title on the line at Great American Bash? No. doesn't look like it unless they just announce it next week at, you know, the beginning of the show, something happens and Cross said, I've had it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it's not booked as of right now. I'm, I, I gotta admit, I'm a sucker for the like the person coming from behind shot. Like WWE always does it so well that I I just pop for it every single time. I um I didn't understand why Scarlett got out of the car and she was just in the shot but not doing anything <laughs> as he's attacking the other two guys. I was like, I I, I didn't understand that. <laughs> But listen, whatever. She's got to do whatever she can, right? But, um, yeah, I like the segment. Um, but, yeah, it does make Cross look like a monster. Like we were saying earlier, it just feels like he's just going to squash Gargano. So why even have the match? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially, mm-hmm. I mean, they got to, especially at this point, after they did this, what they did with Gargano and this show tonight, it's not like they necessarily buried him or anything. But by no means, in terms of how they're booking Karrion Cross, does this guy even seem like he has a remote chance of doing anything against Karrion Cross as a challenger? Yeah, and that's so. Uh, Bernie DC has uh, been looking at it and the way it's been going, and is saying the ninety to hundred reveal means next week the second hour of NXT is when we get to hundred. I could see them setting up this match, Gargano, whatever, and then whoever the the recharge is. This is attention to detail, Bernie DC. My goodness, <laughs> way to go, man! That's impressive. That's impressive. Very. 
Do you guys think that maybe they've been listening to the critics and like people have been saying how um, Karrion Cross kind of got outshined by, you know, um, Adam Cole and all that in the pre- in the previous feud. And maybe that's why they're making him look like such a monster, because I did think oh, yeah. that tonight he came off as almost too much of a monster. At this point, I feel like Gargano has no shot here. Yeah, and they don't have to listen to the critics. That's literally the story they were telling you is Adam Cole saying, yeah, you could, you're a big guy, but I can work better than you. I'm better than you at this. And so, like, if they, they clearly realize that, and they're probably trying to still build this character up. Or they saw the blowback from his main event appearance, and maybe they're trying to make good in that regard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did think tonight he looked the best. Even the outfit, like, I don't like him in the suits, the weird vest that he wore, but the leather jacket in the old black, he looked a little bit better. He came off a little bit mobster to me, but I also no. think Karrion Cross has a identity issue. I don't think he knows who he is. I think you gotta, uh, you know, bring him to the main roster, pair him with Happy Corbin. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tag team of the year. Oh, my God. Imagine. Uh, so this main event, and maybe this is part of it too, man. It's like Isaiah Swerve Scott with Hit Row versus Bronson Reed. Talk about a great matchup tonight. Perfect amount of interference from Hit Row in this match. Uh, their presence was felt ringside. They looked like a million bucks. And uh, like we said at the top of the show, Isaiah Swerve Scott won to become the new NXT North American champion. Issa, what did you think of this match? I love the match. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I love the amount that Hit Row got involved, but it didn't feel like they were the reason why he won. I felt like um, Swerve Scott still put on an amazing match. There was a spot in which um, Bronson Reed like, squished him onto the apron. That looked brutal. I was like, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I always do pop again for um, Bronson Reed like, smashing people through the glass, like, and he did it twice on this one. Um, but I'm so happy for Swerve Scott. I love Hit Row. I want them to have all of the titles at some point but um yeah it was it was fun it was it was a lot of fun i'm just still shocked that they did the title change tonight good for them i'm glad that we didn't get you know a swerve no pun intended and we had to wait i really just didn't think it was gonna be this fast yeah no and i love this match too and the picture in picture was one i don't know if you guys paid attention to the picture picture it was one of the most action-packed picture in pictures they've ever had it's not like they laid out or anything like that like Swerve Scott ran and did like a running drop kick against the yeah. plexiglass. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, picture in picture. And I just, I like the match. Uh, the finish makes sense. I mean, the heels are going to interfere. And if they're, they're going to beat Bronson Reed, this is how you do it. Um, yeah, I don't like the fact that he had such a short title reign after they made such a big deal when he won that thing. But this seems like it's something out of their control. And I'm all for Isaiah Swerve Scott winning this title with Hit Row. This is a hot act. And they should have championships. Because so here's the question. Next week at the Great American Bash, Hit Row gets their crowning moment of awesome, the big celebration. Who's the challenger that comes out and challenges for that title in a feud that's going to get everyone to Great American Bash to say, I got to see what happens next with the storyline? That's a good question. What baby faces do they have out there right now? Or kind of, I mean... I don't know what baby faces they have already, right? I mean, like a who had the loser of the Kyle, like if Kyle O'Reilly loses, let's say, and he's staying in NXT, oh, yeah. that could be his next uh, destination. But that doesn't necessarily get me too excited for. I mean, I'm sure they'd have great matches together. What's uh, Bobby Fish up to? Oh, there you go. Oh, no. Oh no, with that weird entrance with the fish on the fish. He's not it. He's not it. Like, like Hit Row is gonna. Okay, so. <laughs> like the promos yeah. against him are going to be hilarious. <laughs> so, what would be a better ass whooping to happen? Bobby Fish gets beat up easily or Drake Maverick gets beat up easily? Uh, I think Maverick would be more entertaining getting beat up. Yeah. And he could sell for him way better, I think. I'm so pissed that Breeze and Fandango aren't there because if you had oh Breeze my and God, Fandango, Glenn, I was going to ask you how you felt about that, but I didn't want to bring it up. And and, and... could you imagine <laughs> Breeze and Fandango with Drake Maverick feuding with Hit Row? Yes, <laughs> that could be funny. Yeah, we were talking about that. How it could be like an eight mile thing, and they could battle, and yeah, there was a lot of potential there. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I think uh, wherever those guys end up, and there's so much they can do. I mean, like they are legitimately some of the best legit comedic actors that have ever been in the WWE. What about Finn Balor? What about Finn Balor? We don't know what he's up to, right? Unless he's coming to the main roster, he will be a fun one for for a, for a feud with them. I feel like they need to be a big name. And I'm not saying Bronson Reed isn't it, but another like big certified name will really like show that they're here to stay and put them on the NXT map. 
Finn's still been relatively protected though this whole time in NXT. Like he hasn't been brought back to put guys over as nearly as much as you would have expected when he first No, came. not at all. I mean he was brought back because they needed some star power for AEW, but now that that's over, I think he's headed back to the main roster. Uh, but if he comes back, that would be a very big feather in the cap for a hit row if they're able to beat yeah. Finn Balor. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, with these releases, it's interesting that already it's like, okay, NXT, you're going to call talent up, man. You take three men, three women up to the main uh, roster. NXT is not looking to stack. They got to build some new talent. Yeah, and they certainly do. But so does WWE. I mean, the priority is WWE, and they absolutely need more bodies there. And, you know, it's time, especially if you look at it from the standpoint that a lot of these NXT people, if they get called up, they're going to make more money. Uh, and, I, you know, so it's good on that standpoint that they're going to get to get a bigger salary up on the main roster. But they definitely should uh, continue to rebuild this NXT roster. And I wouldn't be as concerned for NXT because they're very good at reloading. That's essentially what they're there to do. Develop talent, send them off, and then develop the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I think it's it's almost like good enough, the product on its own, enjoyable enough. I mean, I, I hate seeing it. I hate seeing uh, people's tenure in NXT come to an end. Yeah, that's the thing about NXT, right? It's like you kind of like get super high on a current generation, as I call them. And then when they all kind of like get called up, it takes you a little while to get back into the rhythm of things. And you do. And guess what? That group also goes away and you have to like start over. It's like a very unhealthy relationship. (laughs) Very tough. (laughs) And I don't know if main roster money is in the future for any NXT call-ups. I bet you there's going to be shenanigans. I mean, who knows how they're going to do it, but I mean, typically the rule of thumb is that, you know, if you're on the main roster, just because you're traveling more, just the nature of how much more exposure you get, uh, one would think that they're making more money. I mean, that, that is usually the case, but uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, WWE is in cost-cutting mode, so who knows what kind of shenanigans they do play. Yeah, they're going to do like 20 road dates this year, maybe tops. Right. You know? Yep. I, yeah, I did. I did read that Vince McMahon is visiting the performance oh, yeah. this week, so maybe he's recruiting from there. I don't know. I don't hey, know. first the Chappelle uh, stand-up gig. Now the Performance Center. You know he's going on the road. <laughs> I love that Vince is a Chappelle show fan. That he's got very good taste in sketch shows. Greatest sketch show of all time, by the way. Better than SNL too. Chappelle. Show. Really? Oh yeah. Sketch oh, for yeah. sketch, or a thousand percent. Like I love SNL, but the Chappelle, nobody's touching Chappelle show. It's I almost have to a pre- masterpiece. It's almost a perfect sketch show. I have to break it down into eras. I mean, I'm going to argue, and this is a little like left field. I'm going to argue kids in the hall. And the reason I'm going to argue kids in the hall, kids in the hall managed to do a sketch show without ever doing parodies of popular movie. You know what I mean? Like they did a right. sketch show that stood on its own without having to go for that low hanging fruit of like, this is a famous person or this is that, or this is that they right. were able well, like to like do... alternative comedy type. Yeah. yeah. Very funny in that way. Yeah. No, but Chappelle though, top three. I think sure. Sure. Kids in the Hall is probably, I think, my favorite of all time. Uh, now I want to know what Vince McMahon's favorite Chappelle show sketches, <laughs> and like how he would explain it to somebody. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> maybe my favorite maybe, is one that I can't say on air, but like, yeah. oh, really? maybe he'll make Happy Corbin watch Chappelle shows. So he can be happy. <laughs> you gotta be like Dave. You gotta be funny like Dave. Maybe that's how Happy Corbin was born. That the idea, you know, maybe they were watching the show together and he saw Baron Corbin having so much fun and he's like, "Wow, Happy Corbin!" <laughs> when I went down my the uh, band rabbit hole a couple months ago, like I was like, "I don't even need to watch Making the Band again. I'm just going to watch the Chappelle Show sketch and then listen to Too Hot for TV over and over again." <laughs> I did the same thing with the Mad Real World. Oh yeah. yeah. No, Chappelle's great, man. Uh, I'm trying to think. SNL went on for way too long. Like, I almost want to give it respect and be like, oh, that's top three, but it really went on way too long. Yeah, I mean, and it's like the institution, and I can see a lot of people are going to think that's the greatest ever. It is the standard bearer, but I'm talking about personal enjoyment level in terms of laughing yeah. every single time. Like, sometimes SNL misses. It's kind of like a Raw. Like, sometimes you get a bad that's episode right. of Raw where you just kind of throw it out. There was never that. With you could argue that Chappelle show being, I think that's the shortest run. Of any oh yeah, that's, and that's probably why it's so fondly remembered because it didn't have time to get old, you know. And yeah. you can't say the same thing about the Ben Stiller show that only lasted thirteen episodes, and that was wearing <laughs> out its welcome. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, in Living Color went on. Like, I it occurred to me a couple years ago. Like, I never even saw the last few seasons of In Living Color after the Waynes is left and whatnot. Like, it was a yeah, it was a complete. It wasn't the same show. It was, you know, I'm not a huge Waynes guy, so when they left, I didn't even touch In Living Color. 
Yeah, loved at the beginning, man. Like uh, then for, I don't know why I think about this, but Robert Townsend and his partners in crime, like the the prototype for Elvin yeah. when he would do oh, sure. specials. Man, Hollywood Shuffle was my jam. Like I must have rented that tape like at least once a month as a kid. <laughs> Um, okay, we should probably talk about wrestling some more, huh? Good episode of NXT. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was very good. Next week is going to be stacked. Great American Bash should be fun. I feel like a lot of things should be happening July 4th weekend that aren't happening July 4th. Doesn't it feel like weird the Great American Bash could be like next Wednesday after the 4th? Like, why isn't this? They could have they done a Sunday special. It's like, why is Black Widow coming out on the weekend after 4th of July. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the idea. They're trying to time it to be around 4th of July. But yeah, the fact that it's happening after, a little weird. I'm still mind blown that June is like over. Yeah. yeah. Like, We're halfway through the year. Halfway yeah. through the year. Also cancer season. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the astro- astrological sign or the disease? The- downer thing like as a teenager people like glenn don't you want to go outside i'd be like it's cancer season like i would have used that as an excuse to not go out i still use that as an excuse to not go outdoors i can i can i can oh my god <laughs> i have a lot of i have a lot of cancers in my family and i mean the signs right my dad my nephew some of my favorite people are cancer so yeah, it's, exciting. Yeah, it's a great time <laughs> i can't <laughs> I'm cutting this off before this goes in a direction that, like Raj is going to be like you can't put out the podcast <laughs> like we're going to get so many angry tweets and emails it's going to be awful I don't know Zodiac sign please don't, like, get, don't get us don't get us canceled do you not know Zodiac signs do you not know Walter Mercado I grew up with Walter Mercado so the Zodiac is everything Okay. And if you don't know who Walter Mercado is, you get on Netflix and find Mucho Mucho Amor. That's what it's called. And it's a documentary about the greatest astrology that ever lived. Wow. He's in my happy wall. Like, so I, I keep a wall uh-huh. of things that make me smile. And there's a picture of Walter Mercado in that wall. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Mucho Mucho it's, Amor. That's on Netflix. Mucho Mucho Amor. Yes. It's awesome. He was, he was, he was an angel. Nice. Oh, I have to check it out. <laughs> I but don't... like, 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 it's a it's a very big thing in the Spanish community. We all grew up with Walter Mercado, so ah. like to us, like the astrology, it's like people will stop whatever they were doing when this guy will come on and tell you your sign. It was awesome. Is it in Spanish the documentary? It's in English. Okay, okay. It's oh. just called Mucho Mucho Amor because he will say that every time he signed off. Ah. I mean, obviously he's Spanish, but the documentary is in English. It's super interesting. Hmm. Interesting. No, Netflix <laughs> has uh, a lot of great documentaries. I watched the one about Parchies, uh, all subtitled, about the uh, the child band from Latin America. It's very, very fascinating. Netflix, very, very deep if you dive in. But no, I don't know. Like, I don't think about, I haven't thought about Zodiac signs since uh, maybe Luke's at your birthday with like shouting really? all you out. Like, when it's your birthday, you don't think about your Zodiac What's your Zodiac sign, Glenn? I'm a Pisces. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. I'm not really. I just know about cancer. I don't know about anybody else's time. I don't. But but that's like I've been married to. I've been with the same woman like 17 years, and I've never once when I started dating someone was like, oh, what sign are you recompatible? It's very important. It's very important. Yes, yes. If you like, I I urge you to start reading about it. Like, read about yours. Read about your wife's, and then maybe you like see. Oh my God, that's why we've been able to be together for this long because it works. What if the next podcast he goes, oh, I read about it, and we're not compatible, we're getting divorced. So thank you. <laughs> Listen, I live my life wondering what will Walter Mercado do. That's how important wow. astrology is. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> bombshell. Uh, everybody follow NYC Dima Diva, that's Diva with a one, uh, for your uh, horoscopes and astrological <laughs> guidance. <laughs> She's there to give readings over Twitter. 
Uh, Paranormal readings, yes, I can. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, what's the difference? Okay, I, I'm going to ask because we're, we're late in the podcast here. So, explain to me: is there any connection between like zodiac and tarot in terms of how those otherworldly yes, tellings of yes. fortune work together? Okay. Yes, there is. There's a little bit, slightly, but whatever the ta- a tarot reading gives you, it doesn't have anything to you to do with you being a Pisces, but. It might, it might reflect on how you handle what, you know, your reading says. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, oh, it's this card. And then it's like, well, what's your sign? I'm like, oh, that's very good. Oh, what's your sign? Oh, that's very bad. Same card. <laughs> no, no, card. no, not like that. It's just more of how you react to that energy. I went to a tarot card reader one time and she got a lot of about 80% of the things she said were like, right. I'm sure it was a lot of cold reading, but I was blown away. One of the things she said, she said, a woman from your past is going to reach out to you, do not respond. And literally the next day, this girl that I hadn't talked to in like a year texted me and said she was homeless. She wanted to come stay with me. And like literally the next day, then it's an I believe in tarot card reading. Yeah. It's, it's very, I mean, it takes a long time to like really master it, but you should, you should. I have so many follow-up questions to this conversation. We're going to have off the air. <laughs> On that note, everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in. Just AEW back on Wednesday tomorrow night? It is. It is. Oh, my God. It's tomorrow, tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow, Wednesday, yes. Mm-hmm. Who's on the podcast? It's me and Justin. That's what it usually is, and I'm sure. Hey. Wow. It's going to be weird. You're back on on Wednesday. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I miss Justin, though. It's going to be good to see him again. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, everybody, have a great night. Us three will be back uh, Friday to talk about SmackDown, perhaps the debut of Happy Corbin. Fingers crossed, everybody. <laughs> Catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.